Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Oh, we were in Bundaberg yesterday for the men's conference, and that was a great time. And uh, been in Brisbane. I was in Kingaroy yesterday, last night, for a uh, induct a new pastor out there. And so I've travelled all over southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, in the last week. This is my 14th service in the last week that I've been in church, but it's, I just feel God's presence and love. And I just know that God's here tonight to touch your life. This morning, we were preaching on prayer, and we started a series a couple of months ago, and Easter's next uh, weekend, and so then we'll, uh, the follow after the Easter, we'll start a new theme. But we've been talking about prayer and how amazing it is. This morning, I talked about personal prayer, how that God wants to personally draw you into a closer place of listening, of responding by faith, making room for God to keep speaking to your life. And then also reaching out and asking and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't give up praying. It's not that God's hard of hearing. Sometimes there's, He wants to see us grow in our faith so that when we receive the breakthrough we really own it and we don't quickly go back to the old ways that's why there's a process of learning to pray there's a process of learning to receive and respond by faith so that it becomes a lifestyle not just a cry for help so many christians just cry out to god like father christmas and say just give me give me what i need but no we're praying and we have a lifestyle of prayer and we talked this morning about the power of personal prayer and corporate prayer wow when we get together stuff happens that's why in an atmosphere like this it's so easy for faith to to be here when you're at home and and uh, you're sick or in need it's it's it takes more faith to actually break through on your own but when we're together it's so easy because everyone else is praying and worshiping and and there's a breakthrough happens so we talked about the power of personal prayer and corporate prayer tonight i want to just wrap it up with a few other points i want to talk about the prayer of agreement the power of agreement. That's why it's so powerful when two or three people agree in prayer. It might be a, a family or a husband and wife or a prayer partner or a mate or a good friend that you pray with and for one another. There's a prayer of agreement and God says it is so powerful. I heard uh, Ed Cole, a great preacher years ago, said, the place of agreement is the place of power. When there's unity, God commands the blessing that's why the devil tries to get strife he tries to get unforgiveness and offense in relationships in families in uh, situations in groups because if he can get strife and disagreement then there's no agreement there's no unity and therefore no blessing and power because james says where there is strife there is room for every other evil work wow that's why god says hey we've got to find ways to forgive Build relationships, build communication, listen, share together. And in our own walk with God, the devil will try and get you angry at God. He'll try to lie to you that God's forgotten you or he's blessed someone else more than he's blessed you or he hasn't answered your prayer. And so he'll try and get you offended at God because then you don't have unity with God and therefore we can't receive. Matthew 18, verses 18 to 20 in the Amplified says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. 
So you can only bind stuff on earth that God's already bound in heaven. In other words, the Word of God tells us that He doesn't want disunity. He doesn't want disagreement. He doesn't want strife. So we can pray against those things and believe for a breakthrough. Then it says, And whatever you loose, that is permit, declare lawful on earth, shall have already been loosed in heaven. So we loose, we pray for people to be released from darkness and sin and fear and shame and guilt. God, Jesus already paid for all of that on the cross, so that's already been declared that you can loose that in prayer because he's already paid the price. So it's not us trying to command God and say, well, I've heard people say, well, if, if I declare it, then God's got to do it. Hold on. He's God and we're not. But he does want to partner with you and I that he waits for us to ask to bring the breakthrough often. Sometimes God's grace just breaks in and he does stuff that we didn't even ask for. Probably someone else was praying for you and he's answering their prayer. How awesome it is when, when God answers someone else's prayer and you get the breakthrough. How awesome is it when you become the answer to someone else's prayer? They're praying for a breakthrough and God sends you to bring the good news or love or help or support. But what God's saying is, I've already paid the price, therefore you can have it. So you're not demanding or commanding God. You are agreeing with what He's already promised and said and you are releasing it by faith so that what's in heaven comes on earth. Jesus said... Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came from heaven to reveal what the kingdom of God is like. That's why he brought healing, peace, forgiveness, hope, took shame and guilt off people's lives. Jesus was revealing what heaven's already like. And he said, the kingdom of heaven has come among you. So as believers, when we know Jesus... We are carriers of his presence and by prayer we ask and we are helping release what is in heaven on earth. That is so powerful. That's why prayer is so powerful. The binding and loosing. So we bind up the lies and the schemes of the enemy. Take authority over that and we say in Jesus name I release your love, your hope, your grace, your forgiveness to flow. Lord your truth to come where there's been error and deception. And it is so powerful when we <coughs> bind and release as we understand God's Spirit. We need to do it with understanding. Then it goes on and says, Again I say to you that if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind and in harmony. So it's not someone prays and say, Oh, that's a great prayer. I agree with that. It's not just a very superficial. This is a, an agreement of heart. You're agreeing because it's something God has clearly said in His Word or by His Spirit that you can ask and believe for. When you agree, you have that power of agreement. You're in one mind in harmony about anything they ask within the will of God. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Wow, this is very, very powerful. God has given us a liberty and a place of partnership with Him. There's a story in the Old Testament that just blows me away. It says Abraham was a friend of God. God comes to Abram and says, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's such a wicked, evil city that's been like that for so long. God had shown grace and Noah found grace with God and he was reaching out and extending that. But it just 
went on for a long time and God says, I've got to wipe that out. Otherwise, the evil of that is going to spread and destroy all the other cities and towns around. And then God said, how can I do a destructive thing like that without talking it over with Abraham? I think, wow. God included Abraham in how it was going to work. And Abraham had such a relationship with God. He said, God, if there's 50 righteous people there, would you destroy a city if there was 50 righteous people? God says, no, I wouldn't. Abraham then got bold and said, what if there's 45 and 40 and 30 and 20? And he even got down to 10. He says, Lord, if there's 10 righteous people there, would you wipe out that whole city for the sake of 10 righteous that may be able to be salt and light and turn that city around? That this, this story staggers me that Abraham's had such a relationship of friendship, of faith, of trust, of prayer and encounter with God, that God included Abraham in the journey of some of his decisions. I'm thinking, we, we don't realize just how amazing is our God and how he wants to partner with us in prayer. Sometimes God will put a burden on your heart to pray and it can turn the heart and the hand of God if it lines up with his will and purpose. There's stories of Hezekiah that he was going to die. He cried out to God and God sent the prophet back and said, no, he's going to get another 15 years, I think it was, or 10 years, I forget now. 10, was 15, 15 more years of life. God changed his mind because the man of God cried out and said, God, I'm too young to die. Now, this is not commanding God to do things, but this is out of relationship and the Holy Spirit drawing you. You can intercede and see breakthroughs on earth because it moves God's heart and hand. Wow. And we need to understand the power of that. But it's even more powerful when two agree on earth. Two agree on earth. I just think, Lord, teach us what it means to really have such a relationship of faith and trust with you in our own personal walk of prayer and worship, in our corporate prayer and worship, and then when there's a small group that get together in unity. How was it the Tower of Babel? After Noah, God destroyed the whole earth because of evil. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. So him and his wife and two, three sons and wives, they, they managed to be saved on the ark. After a while, evil came again. The people then said, we'll build, we're going to build a tower to heaven and we're going, to, we're going to make ourselves so important. And God said in Genesis 11, if they agree, anything's possible. They weren't even doing it with God's help. So God came down and confused the languages. So for anyone that's ever gone to another country or had to learn a language at school, don't get upset at the teacher for giving you the homework. Just say, those crazy guys at the Tower of Babel is the reason why we all speak different languages. That's when it happened. It says God gave them all different languages and scattered them all over the earth. Because, he said, if people get together in full heart and unity, anything's possible. That was without God. When we're with God, how awesome is that? I believe God wants to teach us in greater measure a little bit of what Abraham had with God. 
where the Spirit of God will come and just give you a compassion or a burden for people or in your workplace or neighborhood or family or, or a people group in our city or across the nations where the Spirit of God can touch our heart. He wants to partner with you and I. Oh, the power of prayer and seeking God together. And I don't want this to sound like it's way out here. It's the it's it's Spirit of God can touch your heart. And you start to pray for some friends at school. Say, God, I'm just going to keep on praying and believing until we see that turn around. And, and I believe God wants us to know the power of agreement. Let's read on this scripture. It goes on and says, Again, I say, if two believers on earth agree, that is, are one mind in harmony, about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For when two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. Wow, that's why you feel awesome when you get to church. Because God says, I'm with you, I'm here, I'm here, he's waiting for us. We say, God, come. He says, look, I've been up here since four o'clock this morning waiting for you guys to gather today. He's been waiting for us to get together and pray and worship. He's been waiting for your life group on Tuesday or Wednesday night. He's waiting there ready before you get there. He's waiting to commune with us every day personally. But how awesome is it when two or three get together and pray and and in agreement. Say, God, we're not going to let darkness destroy our city. We're not going to let darkness destroy our family. We're not going to let the the kingdom of darkness and addictions and strongholds tear apart our family. No way we're going to stand in the name of Jesus. And if you get someone else to agree with you, you get a few together to agree, there is awesome power because God can't resist that. He says, well, do you see their faith? You see their unity? I've got to come down from heaven and bring that to pass. That's how God wants to stir our souls with authority, with faith led by the Holy Spirit, lining up with the Word of God, not just our own things. If you want, just, I'm going to, you can, you can start praying. I'm going to, I'm going to have $10 million by the end of next week and uh, so I can retire and live on holidays the rest of my life. That's probably not in line with God's will for your life. So He probably won't answer that one. But God will give you true desires, not selfish desires, but kingdom desires blessing your family or your city when we pray not just for our own needs but for others god loves that way too much of our prayers can get self-centered or meeting our needs god's already promised to meet our needs and it is good to ask he says ask give us this daily bread so it's okay to ask for the the things we need but he loves it when we start asking on behalf of others But we pray for our city, that suicides will stop across our city, that depression will be broken, that households will be restored, that domestic violence is a thing of the past, that abuse is exposed and dealt with and and it becomes a safe place. When we start to pray and act out of what God tells us, that's when the Spirit of God can't help but come and act. The supernatural starts to happen. Christians will be placed in places of decision-making and influence that can change the culture. And I believe the Spirit of God is stirring our church and others across our city. That's why we're going to pray on Thursday night together. And if you're in town, I encourage you to come. Just take some time to pray together. Because when we're in unity, it's powerful. When the body of Christ gets in unity, it's even more powerful. And God wants us to grow.
and flow together. The power of unity and agreement in prayer is just amazing. And I think God's going to teach us how awesome that is. Some of you have felt and seen that. You've seen amazing breakthroughs where you've just really got in total agreement. Not just a token, oh, that's a nice prayer, I'll say amen to that. No, it's, it's like you're really joined heart to heart. We're believing for a transformation of people's lives or breakthrough in our lives. Prayer is not the only thing, but it is an important thing to do. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Oh, Jesus. I read that and say, God, we need that sort of move of God if we're going to really transform our cities. And the Holy Spirit has stirred my heart last year and said, that's the sort of move that's coming to this city and region. And I just know, I just know something is stirring and changing. And God's taking us all on a faith journey and teaching us his ways how to praise and worship with all of our being where God inhabits the praise of his people he's teaching us how to minister in love and unity and forgiveness to one another so it's a safe place he's teaching us how to pray with unity and authority where the powers of darkness have no control and power because the kingdom of God is at work and I just believe that God's going to teach us and show us I just keep reading the word and I keep reading too many books that stir my heart and God's told me the next move of God is going to really significantly impact the church but then quickly spread out and change cultures and cities and I believe you read in the book of Acts it says the whole city was stirred in one of the and one one of the scriptures says almost the whole city came out the next day to hear the word of God can you imagine next Sunday, there's 50,000 people down at the uh, seafront oval ready to hear church? You think, could that happen? Yes, it can. But there's a whole lot of stuff God's doing in preparing the way. See, the Spirit of God, when He starts to break through, He can shake. People say, well, Aussies, they're just not hungry enough. God has ways of getting people hungry. He has ways of getting people's attention. And if, if the church of Jesus Christ learns to flow in unity, in prayer and worship, let me tell you, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Because in the last days, he said he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That's not just the people sitting in church tonight or this morning. All flesh means all flesh. Everyone across our city can be impacted. Doesn't mean everyone will get saved because everyone has a choice and a decision. But we need the Spirit of God poured out upon all flesh. Oh, God. Ezekiel. I think it's 37. God takes Ezekiel out and sees and shows him a valley of dry bones. Bones everywhere. Speaks to me of dead things and broken lives. And he tells Ezekiel to start to pray and prophesy to the bones to come to life. 
come together. So he starts to pray and prophesy, and then there's a huge rattling noise as bone upon bone starts to get joined back together. That would have been a sight to behold. We need a movie on this one, hey? 3D of that one would be amazing. Bones coming together. Then he said, prophesy, pray. And then the, the flesh and the blood and, and comes on them. And then, then he said, prophesy the breath and life of God. And this, what was a whole lot of bones now steps up and stands up as an army of the living God. I was in one of the meetings this week. I forget where it was because I've been in so many this week. But the word just stirred in my heart. That scripture burnt in my heart and said, God, show us what that means for us here. To start to declare that those are destroying their lives in darkness and shame and guilt will start to arise out of their, their dead places. And the Spirit of God will come in and they will arise in freedom and life. Oh God, some of us have got to start declaring and praying and prophesying over our neighborhoods and our streets and our people and those that are away from God. You don't get in their face and point in their face, and, but you get in your place of prayer and declare. When we're together in church, we worship and say, God, let this overflow across our city and our community. God, let your kingdom presence come on earth as it is in heaven. And with prayer and prophetic declaration and unity, God can do amazing things. I shared the scripture this morning, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think or imagine. Some of you hear me saying, wow, could we have 50,000 people in, down the Oval for a church next Sunday? You're thinking, wow, that's impossible. Well, you've immediately cut back on what God can do. Now, it would be a rare miracle for that to happen from where we are now to then. But you've only got to read some of the stories of how God sweeps into places. Reinhard Bonnke moves into a town and within days there's 100,000 people in the stadium. God, God can do anything, you know, but he, we need to be prepared because he needs people that he can flow through with love and, and prayer and praise and discipleship. And so I believe God's shaking. He's shaking our lives. He's calling us to pray personally with him, be led by the Spirit and see what God can do. Oh God, just lift our vision. Lift our eyes to see. You know, we've got 25 or 30 people in our church here that have come through transformations and, and free from addictions and strongholds. What about the other several thousand that are in our city that are still bound and, and destroyed by drugs and, and alcohol and pornography and violence and crime? What about all of them? God, we don't want to settle for 30 or 40. We want to see hundreds, thousands free. Lord, what about the families that are broken and torn apart and the kids that go to school every day with just strife in their household? You're only going to talk to some of the chaplains and hear the stories or the school teachers here. God, that, doesn't, that shouldn't be. Oh, God, help us to see. Let, you, let our vision arrive. And when you pray... And when you cry out to God, He starts to lift your vision to see what could happen. You know, God's able. He's able. He builds it by His Spirit. Prayer will often mobilize you and others into action. When you pray, you start giving. Finances get released. When you pray, sowing starts happening. You start just sowing seeds. 
sharing, serving, helping, loving. Forgiving happens. Forgiveness happens. There are seven statements Jesus made, recorded that he made on the cross. And I'm going to talk about them on Good Friday. One of them was, Father, forgive them for they don't really know what they're doing. Oh, there's Jesus in absolute agony, carrying the weight and sin of the world. He says, Father, forgive them. I was reading through, I encourage you this week to read through what we call the Passion Week or as Marilyn was sharing from the day that Jesus came in, read through the various Gospels of those two or three or four chapters of the stories of what happened in that week. One of, those, one of the most amazing stories is when they came to arrest Jesus. Peter pulls out his sword and chops off the servant's priest's ear. Servant, Malchus. Here they're arresting Jesus. This guy's blood spurting out the side of his head and his ears wriggling around on the, in the dirty ground. Sorry to be graphic, but that's what happened. We sanitize the Bible. It says he tried to protect Jesus and stop being arrested. He pulled out his sword. <laughs> Thankfully, the guy moved and only his ear came off. And then it said, Jesus said, this is in my version where it says, let me do this just this one thing before I go and get arrested. He picks up the ear, puts it on, and totally heals the guy's ear before Jesus is dragged off and arrested. I think that is that is an amazing that's an amazing demonstration of God's love and grace and power and this guy walks off shake his head then whoa my ears back I just think you read that week and see the amazing things that happen in that one week of Jesus revealing the kingdom of heaven in the midst of incredible suffering Oh, Jesus. When we pray, things happen. Jesus prayed the most amazing prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, not my will, but yours be done. That deals a death blow to every selfish prayer we've prayed. Selfish prayers. God, get them and sort them out. No. Change me so that I can reveal your love and character and out of the process they'll get changed. Jesus just deals a death blow to every selfish prayer. We've all prayed them. Sometimes out of lack of wisdom. Sometimes out of not wanting to appear like we're afraid. Not wanting to be real and honest. Scared. Lacking wisdom. God's grace is just amazing. So God's not going to beat you if you don't pray right, but he wants us to pray and cry out to him and call out to him. Oh, Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just want to look at one more key scripture more. Then we're just going to pray for some more people. Philippians 4, 4 to 8 is one of my favorite scriptures. I remember when I was a young person, I started learning scriptures. I used to write them out on little cards. Didn't have computers back then, so I used to print them all out. And on the other, one side, I'd have the words of scripture. On the other side, I'd have the reference. This is one of the first ones I learned. Philippians 4, 4 to 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
By the way, that's a command, not an option. Lord, don't you know I'm hurting? Yep, but your spirit can still rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he said it just in case you didn't get it. And I will say again, rejoice. Because he knows that sometimes we don't feel like it, we don't get it. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Wow. Then, verse 6, B, do not be anxious about anything. You're saying, oh God, come on. There's a whole lot of things to keep me very anxious and worried. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's go back just for a couple of minutes and unpack verse 6. Do, be, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Isn't that the same thing? Well, yes and no. I believe the first one is prayer. It's about a you have a prayerful walk and relationship with God. It's where you just include God in every part of your life. So there's an attitude of worship and prayer, and He's your Savior and Lord, and you are regularly walking a journey where you're including God in your life and asking Him about everything. Then it says, and petition. And what is petition? Petition is particular, specific request to God, and especially in this place, that are causing you anxiety or worry. Get specific. Don't say, God, just bless me and bless my family. Get specific and say, God, I ask for your help for my son or daughter that's just really struggling at school and the strife that that brings. And, and so you get really specific. God, I ask you for your breakthrough in this area where I get really anxious when it comes to finances. Or this area, when I get in a car, I just get really nervous because we've had so many close shaves with accidents and I just can't relax. And then you make the driver nervous in the process. Lord, help me to rest and not be so anxious. Lord, help me to not let fear grip me when I get a little pain in my body. And if I let it run, I've only got two years to live because I must have cancer. I'm exaggerating. But there are things that just grab our attention and unravel our faith and our peace. So... One of the ways to really deal, deal with anxiety and fear is to be very specific about what it is. And if it's just a general floating feeling of anxiety, and say, I don't even know what it is, ask the Holy Spirit to make it clearer of what it, are the triggers. There are times when you're going through grief and loss that there's just a general level of anxiety or uncertainty. God knows that. His grace will come. But I believe if we do what God's Word says, you will enter into a place of peace with God. He says, and the peace of God which passes or transcends all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense why you should be at peace when all this chaos is going on around you. But God can do it because he promises it. Hey, and when we get people that are walking in peace in the midst of chaos, you are very dangerous to the kingdom of darkness because no weapon formed against you will prosper or succeed. You've got a place of rest in your soul. God, I don't understand what's going on out here, but I'm at peace with you and I have all the resources of heaven here to help me walk this through. Wow. 
this is a very particular prayer it says so a prayer is a general relationship of trust with god petition is particular specific praying about and bringing to god those things that are causing you to lose your peace to be anxious stressful afraid then it says with thanksgiving why on earth did you put that in there lord because I don't feel like giving thanks when I'm in the middle of an anxious, overwhelming, fearful situation. But if you do the first two, you give it to God and you say, Lord, I'm going to thank you now for the breakthrough that is on its way. I'm thanking you for what you've already done on the cross and I know that you're going to help me to live in that place of freedom. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and then the peace of God will fill your heart, soul, mind and strength. This is a very powerful couple of verses i encourage you to meditate on that if you wrestle regularly with fear or anxiety or stress or worry and it overloads some of you that were waking up during the night this is one of the triggers that's causing it before you go to bed you might need to pray over this verse have it on the wall have it on on your phone or your computer for a while until this verse so gets into your spirit that you have you go to bed and say wow I'm going to sleep. And I remember one guy said, God, this guy was awake, worrying in the middle of the night, and, and, and he was praying and said, God, help me. And then God says, I will if you let me. He said, I don't slumber or sleep so that you can go to sleep, so I'll do the worrying during the night and you go to sleep and get refreshed. Oh, wow. God, help us. Those things that drain us. And the Spirit of God's made a way and He wants to help us. One more scripture and then we're going to wrap it up. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Marilyn mentioned this earlier, but Galatians 6, 7 it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now we often think about that about finances or the words we speak, but then it says, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. I believe when we pray and praise and worship, we are sowing in the Spirit. That's what I believe we do. When you pray, when you worship, when you declare His greatness, when you give your cares to the Lord and you bring Him into the picture, you are sowing into the Spirit. And we've learnt... When you sow, it always multiplies. So the more you sow in the Spirit by your words and your prayer and your worship, guess what? You are sowing a whole pile and it's just going to come overflowing back on you and everyone else around is going to get the overflow. That's how it works. We sow in the Spirit. That's why prayer and worship and thanksgiving and all of those things and declaring the Word of God, you are sowing in the Spirit. When you allow anxiety, fear, worry, negativity, the works of the flesh, the addictions and strongholds of darkness, when you let them control you, guess what? You are sowing in the flesh and you will reap a harvest of destruction, it says. And a lot of us can say, yep, that's true. We've been around long enough to know that's true. So we're going to choose what are we going to sow. That's why church is so powerful and, and following Jesus because he teaches us how to sow in the spirit. Prayer, 
worship, thanksgiving, the word of God, love, hope, forgiveness, all of those things we are sowing in the spirit. Praying in a heavenly language, you are praying and you're worshiping in the spirit, you're sowing directly into the spirit and guess what? It's going to grow and multiply a harvest for you and everyone else around. Parents, if you're raising kids, you sow in the spirit of their lives and one day you'll reap a harvest of blessing in their lives. Two of our children on the front row and that's a truth. Tim and Rachel and Stevens in Melbourne, we've seen this. We've chosen over 36 years of marriage to keep sowing in the Spirit into one another, to sow in the Spirit into our uh, children's lives, to sow in the Spirit into other people's lives. And if you sow in the Spirit, let me tell you, God multiplies it and increase comes. The thing we forget is that sometimes it takes a little while between the sowing and the reaping. That's when we get discouraged. God, I've been declaiming this promise for three months now. God, I've been praying this prayer for anxiety go for the last three weeks. Sometimes it takes a little while for the sowing to grow and then the reaping to come back. Just don't give up doing the right thing. Because it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Oh, Jesus. Worship team, come on up. I just believe that God's stirring our hearts tonight. we just got a few minutes before 7 o'clock, so we're just going to do a bit more sowing in the Spirit. Just a little bit more sowing in prayer and thanksgiving and worship. Because we've got to train ourselves in the ways of the Spirit. And then you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. God loves us, spirit, soul, and body. He wants us to have a blessed, abundant life, but he's also raising up an army. I just see God is declaring some of you are going to step up and become an army for God that's going to speak and declare the presence of Jesus wherever we go, whatever we do. Oh, Jesus, let it be by your spirit. Let's stand in his presence. The other thing God stirred my heart to pray for people tonight is there's some works of the flesh that have controlled some of our minds and our lives. We've prayed about the area of sleep. But I believe it's time for some more people to get free from strongholds over their lives. Some people, you need to break that addiction to drugs and alcohol. You need to break that addiction to smoking, to pornography, to anger outbursts, swearing. Some people, the day they get saved, they stop swearing. Others, it's a wrestle for weeks or months or years. I just believe the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said there's faith in this house to break some cycles. There's some people and you are chronic warriors. I say, well, that's how my mum or dad were like. And that's just my personality. Well, those things condition us. But hey, you're a new creation now and you've got a new father and you're in a new family. And some of those things are conditioned patterns of behavior. But I believe it's time for some of us to move out of those places into a new place of freedom.
We're going to sing this song a few times. There are some people here and you desperately want to break that smoking habit over your life. I want you to come and we're going to believe with you. I talked to one of the guys at Transformers today. He said, I haven't smoked for four days and I know it's just broken off my life. There are others here God wants to set free. There are other strongholds. There's some chronic warriors or fear just so quickly grabs your heart and mind. It's irrational. It's You think, I shouldn't be that afraid about that, but I just am. I'm not talking about normal, healthy fears and we've got a fear that if we walk across the road we might get hit by a car they are healthy fears you put your hand on a hot stove you're going to get burnt god's given us healthy fears but these are ones that control you and you're not at peace or free we're going to start to sing this song and if this is speaking to any of those areas i just want you to come and stand on kneel before god and let's just bring it and believe for breakthrough Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.